0: Hey who fans, welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 185. Have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension? Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. There's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear, and it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I am the Doctor! Great men are forged privilege of lesser men to light the flame i'm the doctor this is Rose tyler she's my plus one all right that would be me hello surprise boom etc i'm the doctor do everything i tell you don't ask stupid questions and don't wander off how can you this? i don't like the color how do you do, who fans Welcome to 185, hope you've all had a cracking week, and that you've managed to do something Something. Doctor Doctor Who who related. related. (laughs) It's not as warm as it was last week.
1: No, but it's sunny.
0: We had a belter last week in the UK. Yeah, I know, it's lovely, wasn't it? Some say that that's our summer done.
1: Yeah, I was winding everyone up in the pub I worked at last night. I was like, that's your summer, lads. Day and a half, that's all you get in this year. And they were like, because oh, it, um, <clears throat> it was really rainy and grey and horrible yesterday. So everyone's coming in moaning like, oh, that, that's it then, it's gone already. <laughs> I think we, it's everyone was moaning when it was here. They're like, oh, is it hot,
0: isn't it hot? <laughs> yeah, it seems to be a... You pro- yeah, long, long-time long listeners will probably know this, when we've gone through the summer months before, mm. the people in the UK just seem to... We're never happy. We're never happy, really. We, we we moan continuously from about sort of end of September through to beginning of April. We do nothing but moan that it's cold and it's grey <laughs> and wet and where's the nice weather and stuff. And when it's here, we tend to do nothing but moan that it's too warm, it's too hot, it's uncomfortable. When is it going to cool down a bit? Yeah. Not me personally, but. You
1: know. No, we're only happy when we go away to another country and it's hot and we can just lie on a beach. That's the only time we're happy. Yes. We're burning up somewhere. Yeah. But yes, when we sorry. got it here, no, we don't like it.
0: Yeah. But it's quite nice. To, it's reasonably nice today. It's not as warm as it. We had a really high, unusual April. Well, a week mm. in April, didn't we, last week? Yeah. Anyway, enough about the weather. Doctor Who. Yes. Yes. Welcome aboard, new listeners. Those of you who don't know how this works fairly relaxed, chilled podcast community environment, etc. Each week we run through what's anything that's going on in the news, in the world of Doctor Who, any cool merchandise that's hitting the shelves, or the virtual shelves. Then we move on to our review of whatever story we're doing that week. And at the moment we're in the midst of a bit of a shake-up, we're doing some Sarah Jane, some Torchwood, along with the usual classic Who and modern Doctor Who in this week. The Matt Smith story yeah it's from series six isn't it series six story the dreaded though.
1: series six that we've tiptoed around every time we go to the little yeah. spreadsheet of stories what should we do oh no and series five and then we sort of go oh what's in series seven and we've <laughs> sort of you know we don't tend to do much I'm gonna have a look now actually how many of series six have we done Are we
0: not a lot we've only done about four or five I think
1: my heart sinks a little bit every time I look at it. Um, yeah. Where is it? Right, here we go. Oh, we've done a couple, actually. Oh, not done as bad, yeah. Night terrors. God, I must have erased that from my mind because don't remember doing that one. Yeah, we've done yeah. a few, haven't we? But there is a couple in there that are still waiting for our viewing yeah. enjoyment, yeah.
0: Yeah, so we've got about nine, eight or nine episodes left to do, including mm. today's one. Yeah. Series six, was that the one? Because at the very end of watching A Good Man Goes to War last night. Mm. It did have that to be continued. It was, was Series 6 the one they did with the break in the middle? I thought it was Series 7. See, I'm, re- I'm really
1: confused as well. I had exactly the same thought. Um, maybe it was Series 6 then our listeners remember. will know yeah. um yeah see i always in my head i always think it was series seven that was in two parts oh, okay but, right okay but maybe it wasn't or maybe it was both of them
0: i can't really can't I, remember I now say, Yeah, i can't remember no. but i remember seeing it right at the end it said to be continued doctor who will will continue will we, we'll
1: return didn't it yeah because i was thinking that, cause i was thinking there's no trailer or anything it just says will return in, yeah. in let's kill hitler and i was thinking oh i think it yeah it must have been this series i reckon Mm. yeah had that that weird break the yeah. dreaded
0: mid-season u.s style break that went down like a lead balloon <laughs> yeah yeah amongst the hue the, the hue the who community
1: well series yeah. 7 was the one that was all they tried to make every episode like a blockbuster film with all the film posters as well and that was series 7 wasn't it
0: that's right yeah,
1: yeah. so yeah series 6 may have been the one with the gap but yeah in my head i always think series 7, seven had a gap as well but don't know the mind plays tricks mate yeah God, I certainly can't does. remember.
0: Yeah. So, the last week since we last spoke, hmm. what have you been up to?
1: Well, I finished off that big finish um, story, the Heliax, I think that's how you say it Heliax Rift. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, the latest release. It's the one with um, Peter Davison and the guy from The Inbetweeners. <laughs> <laughs> I always say it like that just to get in Inbetweeners in it because I have
0: you know, um, what's his name? <laughs> Blake Harrison. I think his character was Neil in the Inbetweeners, I think.
1: No, no, it was um, no. No, it's not Neil. No. It's um No, it's the really tall one.
0: Really no, tall. I thought dude. his name was Neil, no.
1: Oh it could be. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't really watch In Betweeners. Gasp. Um Gasp. So yeah, I finished listening to that, mate. And uh, yes, very good. I enjoyed it, actually. It does it does lose it slightly in part three, because I, I don't know if you remember last week I'd listened to the first two, and I really enjoyed them. I was, I was quite sort of keen to get on and listen to the rest, which sometimes I don't get with Big Finish. Sometimes I'll listen to a couple of episodes and think, yeah, I'll finish that later. But with this one, I was like, oh, quite looking forward to hearing the rest of that, which is a good sign. And um, yeah, part three trailed off a little bit and then it picked up again in, in the final part. And it's, uh, it's good because this character that the In Inbetweeners guy plays, uh, it's the fifth Doctor in Unit and he's part of Unit. Yeah. And he's going to be like a, a new recurring character. So he's going to pop up in a sixth Doctor story coming up and he's also going to pop up in a seventh Doctor. So it's going to be a bit of a continuity like a loose trilogy oh cool i suppose yeah. which is why i was quite keen to get this one mm-hmm. just to see because it's good to have the fifth doctor with unit as well and they're quite different in this story without giving it too much away there yeah it's not like the doctor just turns up and they're, they're all like oh good you're here let's solve the mystery it's there's there's a bit of a twist to it so it's um yeah it's quite a good story uh the other thing you might remember me saying last week was how because I asked Big Finish to send my CDs of extra packaging, which you can request oh, yeah. if they're arriving broken a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> this one, uh, if you remember last week, I got the Ravenous, the Ape Doctor Adventures. Oh, that yeah. arrived with fragile tape wrapped you know like a whole roll of fragile tape wrapped right around it and uh, loads of bubble wrap and was still damaged <laughs> if you <laughs> remember me saying this one arrived uh, two days ago so this is just a single cd exactly the same it's absolutely caked in bubble wrap bursting at the seams they've really you know wrapped it up nicely but the case out of cracking it and i was thinking well,
0: oh no <laughs> it's,
1: it's no good wrapping these things if they're broken before you send them because clearly that hasn't happened in the pack. they've obviously just they're obviously not looking at the stuff before they send it they're just like picking it off the shelf wrapping it up the you know in ultra safe you know as much wrapping as they could find but it's no good if the blimmin thing's broken in the warehouse so it's just like oh god but it just made me laugh because it's the last two packages couldn't have had more right. packaging and fragile tape on it if it, if, the, if you'd wanted it but um but both of them were damaged. <laughs> so I'm not too bothered now. I've kinda of gone past it. I just I was talking to a friend about this. I love big finish and stuff, but it's kind of becoming the norm now that they you know, there's always gonna be something, there's always gonna be a little dent in it or a crack in the case <laughs> or You know, as long as the discs aren't scratched, which like my Gallifrey time war set was that arrived recently, then I don't mind. But yeah, I kinda of just going to expect it now. <laughs> just made me laugh though. I was just like, Oh, again. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, yes, it's a good one, mate. I do recommend it. I, I don't know how you say it. The Helia- Heliax Rift. Heliax. Heliax. Rift. Yes, sir. Number 237 in their um, mm-hmm. monthly range or whatever they call it now. I think they might check Yeah, monthly releases. Main range, whatever. Yeah, it's good. It's quite good. Cool. Davison's good, isn't it? Good. So that's all I've really done this week, mate, uh, really. Yeah, not like else. What about you? You haven't listened to Big Finish for a while, have you? I,
0: well, talking of Big Finish, I have. have.
1: talked Ravenous? Been listening to Ravenous? No. Not oh. Ravenous,
0: not yet, no. So, we were talking about Big Finish somewhere the other day. Might have been last week, actually, on the show or in between, yeah. them, something. And yeah, it did prompt me a little bit to start playing catch up with Big Finish because I haven't listened to anything in a little while. So, I picked up the two, three, four onwards. So,
1: oh, I know. So, Kingdom yeah. of
0: Lies, I think, two, three, four. So, I listened to that one, which is, yeah. So, the, the last four have been Davison stories. Um, so, I picked that one up uh, along with, um, Two, three, five, two, three, six, and seven. So two, three, five is Ghost Walk. So that's next on the list. Looking forward to that. Uh, and then we've got what's the next one? Something, something in uh, the serpent, mask, wasn't it? Serpent in the something in the, something like that.
1: Yeah, Kingdom of Lies was the one that I didn't finish. Um, that's right. What did yeah. you think of it? Because I, I got I got two episodes in, and I, it was too comedic i don't know just too light and i I just couldn't get into it but i know um i know someone we know our reviewer uh, whose name was forget sorry jordan jordan hello jordan um he really liked it didn't he and he was saying you know you've got to give it another go so what did you make of it
0: uh yeah to be honest with you i thought it was okay i I didn't Uh mind the humorous sort of light-heartedness of it I, I never okay. finished
1: it i'll have to go back to it i just never i only listened to the first two and i just got bored Serpent in the silver mask is the third one in that's that right trilogy. yeah yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, talking of jordan he actually um he got our review so our reviews have started to pop up on the big finish website which is cool yeah um so yeah so kingdom of lies kicks off doctor who's corner of big finish brilliantly for 2018 he gave it a nine out of ten blimey i must have been missing something that day yeah to we I uh, really quite liked it i did it, it never yeah a, a, a coolness to it
1: it reminded yeah. me of the 10th doctor one with Catherine tate where they're you know in the sort of um the sort of royal theme to it and stuff mm-hmm. I, I think i just didn't click with me but because i didn't enjoy that one i must admit i've got ghost walk and serpent in the silver mask and i haven't listened to them but it's mainly because i didn't really click with that first one that i haven't okay. carried on but yeah. i have got both of them because I, I like that team so i tend to always buy those ones i don't subscribe um to the main range anymore because i can't afford it. But I do pick and pick and choose. So if it's if that obviously I see that team I do tend to buy buy those ones. So I've got them. I'll give them a listen at some point. But uh yeah I skip straight on to two three seven the the last <laughs> the, one <the>, is the... <laughs> the, the the standalone uh, Davidson one with um yeah with the in between this
0: guy. So yeah. Cool. Cool. So, yeah, so... Oh, that's
1: good though. That's good that we got a big bit of big finish in there. Yeah.
0: And uh, as we're recording this today uh, I've noticed that the brand new Torchwood has landed as well. Um has it? the new story called Believe which is the um the full cast Torchwood. So Barrowman, Eve Miles, you know the whole gang, gang yeah. David Lloyd. Um yeah, they're all there. So that looks pretty cool.
1: That does actually. I didn't realize, you know this I've kind of kind of overlooked this one because um I haven't bought any of the Torchwood audios again just because of money really. I'd I'd like to get them. Right. Um but they've kind of been it's been one sort of character reading it up to now, hasn't it? It's That's a, right. This is the first time that they've had the whole cast back together, I think. Um, so that does appeal to me quite a lot, actually. Torch would believe.
0: Yeah. It's still on the web mm. special stuff. So 20 quid for digital and 23 for CD, which is pretty good. It's not bad, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Three, okay. three discs. Not too bad.
1: I shall keep that on the radar. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, yeah, other than catching up with a bit of big finish. Oh, I did watch. Um, uh, an Adventure in Space and Time again. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I'll I, I tell you what led me on to watching it. It's kind of not a direct thing. I didn't wake up and think, oh, I want to watch that. I was, you know, when you just spend a little bit of time just watching YouTube videos randomly. Well, I was watching, I was trying to find something for um, some Classic Who that we've got coming up because I'm trying to get, so when we go into our review, we play yeah. a little trailer clip. But with Classic Who, it's, kind of difficult sometimes unless you find some of the fan made ones. So I was trying to find a few uh, clips of some upcoming classics that we've got. And you know, when you spend a bit of time on YouTube, you get like the recommendations and you just have a bit of time there. And there was one of them that was a reaction video to an adventure in space and time. And it was by a YouTuber called Torchwood boy. Oh, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of his channel. It's quite, quite a big who channel as well as other stuff. Yeah. And, it, and there was one point, you know, um, the bit where um, David Bradley, his, his, char- his, his character breaks, you know, when he gets told essentially that he's not going to be coming back for another series mm. and he's going to be replaced and he's at home that evening and he's just leaning on the fireplace and he breaks yeah. down and he has the, uh, I don't want to go. It seems to be a, a famous line for <laughs> doctors not wanting to leave. At the You know, mm. it seems to be. And yeah, this the, this guy doing a YouTube video just of bawling his eyes out. And then that got me going, and I was like, "Oh God, this is uh, this brings back memories." So I thought, "Yeah, I'm going to give that stick, that on later and give it a watch." So it's just when you see something just out the blue like that, and you think, "Actually, yeah, I'm going to give that a watch
1: Mm. and watch that." That does always get me that scene. Actually, that that always gets me. Yeah, that bit because it's. I think it's because Hartnell was such a, and especially the way Bradley plays it, it's sort of quite a tough tough nut on the outside and to see him mm. vulnerable like that it's a real touching
0: scene isn't it, it
1: yeah. Is. yeah yeah
0: it is mate yeah mm. so a little bit of who going on
1: mm. yeah. oh actually just before you move off that tell you, talking of things that are very moving have you had a chance to watch um the enemy of the world's uh special edition yet the the, the features on it the extras no so I, no. I watched the deborah watling i watched the deborah watling tribute um couple of weeks ago, maybe that, that, that reduced me to, to tears big oh, really? time. Yeah. It's, it's such a beautiful tribute. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Um, and there's, yeah, I'm not going to say much more cause I don't want to ruin it. Um, just, yeah, just watch it, mate. It's brilliant. It's a really nice little tribute to her. Um, lots of nice little interview clips of people that knew her and, and interviews of her herself. And, uh, it's, um, it's lovely that, that had me bawling big time uh-huh. by the end of it. I was a mess. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: it's good you'll you'll really enjoy that when you get around to watching it oh cool okay yeah i've got that on the radar to watch i haven't watched um, yeah uh sharder actually since we saw it at the bfi so Uh actually yeah so i think i'm going to watch those together maybe this weekend yeah
1: yeah good shout yeah Yeah.
0: cool coolio nothing else from us should we land this big old thing yeah go on Record store day. We like these.
1: Yes, yeah. I think I got them last year. I got um, what was it? It's the Dalek Invasion of Twenty One Fifty AD soundtrack, which was on yellow vinyl and stuff. I really liked that. I think that was last year. It
0: was last year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I can't remember what the other one was. I think that was the only one, wasn't it? Was it the Peck? Was it Peladon? Um, no, not Peladon.
0: Pescotons
1: a- might have been the Pescatons. Oh, I'm not sure. Or something like that. Anyway, yeah, I got them last year, but this year. What have we got? Some new ones.
0: Yeah, so we've, we're have we a few days late on it because um, uh, it, it takes place on April the 21st, mm. which is what, Saturday, Sunday? Monday? Saturday, Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Uh, all across the world, pretty much. A record store day is where they have loads and loads of offers and deals and special editions and everything throughout. Well, I think most record shops, vinyl shops take part. Yeah, because it's a really good way to get loads of people back into record shops and getting people back into vinyl stuff. And uh, yeah, it's been a thing, hasn't it, the last few years at least? I think where they've done some special Doctor Who soundtracks. Uh, yeah. This year we have two of them. We have uh, the Tomb of the Cybermen, which we've got a really nice cover.
1: It's lovely, actually. Yeah, it's got yeah.
0: Trouton and the old Mondasian cybers. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's the tenth planet uh, thing, isn't it? What's that? So the um, the uh, the the story itself, the the soundtrack to this one is um, uh, it's it's a story, isn't it? It's the Super type type. It's the Tomb of the Cybermen that's like narrated by um, who's it narrated by? Fraser Hines. Yes, um, yeah. And it's written. It was co-written by um someone called Kit Pedler, um right. who who came up with the 10th the planet Cybermen, I believe. I think so. I'm not sure. So I'm saying that probably. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a, um, it's not a soundtrack with just music. It's actually the story of mm. the Tomb of the Cybermen uh, written by, oh, sorry, narrated by Fraser Hines. I'll get my words out in a second. So that's the first one that launched. And the second one, which is kind of, uh, so the second one was the, um, another um, double LP, which was the, Um, City of Death story uh, narrated by Lala Ward Yeah, and this came in a um, a, a, a heavyweight translucent green vinyl Mm. so as far as I'm aware my knowledge of, of vinyl doesn't extend too much but there is two different weights aren't there for LPs you've got the standard weights which is quite flimsy, you can bend it quite a lot and then you've got the heavyweight ones which are as the name would suggest a bit more sturdy. Mm. So they won't bend and warp as much. Um, now I'm not sure if the tomb of the Cybermen one was the heavyweight one. It doesn't say. So maybe any of our listeners that picked this up will let us know, but the city of death one was definitely the heavyweight one. So that one, to, mm. if you're going to get, um, if you, well, if you want your vinyl collection to not warp over time or get bent and stuff like that, try and pick up the heavyweight ones. But yeah, um, I'm not too sort of into these ones as I was the last couple of years at Comic Book Day, but mm. what do you think? Because I know, because we're big fans of City of Death, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just that cover, mate, for City of Death. It just, it's got that old generic um, sort of BBC in-house, let's do a calendar <laughs> feel to yeah it. oh no you said that yeah i much prefer oh. the team with the Cybermen one because it's just something different and it's got the old classic logo which is awesome <laughs> that's true
1: that's true um yeah i know i like both i would have liked to have got my hands on these
0: um because I, I
1: love the i love the idea of record store day like it's they only supply these to independent record stores so you you can't get these in like you your mega stores if there is such a thing anymore so hmv and places like that don't get them but um but you'll get them in little independent stores around the country but of course you know they're very f- few and far between these days so i must admit this year i didn't didn't bother going to because there's there's two that are reasonably close to me if you like but they're they're about they're both about an hour and a half away so that's when I say close mm-hmm. you know one's one way about an hour the other's another way about an hour so it's like and they're really popular so if you go to on the actual record store day you know it there will be a queue around yeah. the block mm-hmm. it doesn't matter which store it is. the record store day is very popular and I really couldn't be bothered this year I know that sounds awful but I was just like I was lucky last year because I used to work in an independent record shop and a guy that worked for the same company, but a different store still owns one. <laughs> so it's the only one left because um, it sadly closed down the one I was working in. So I phoned him last year and was like, all right, Graham. He's like, oh, hello. Chat, chat, chat. I said, um, I don't suppose you've got any of those Doctor Who Record Store day exclusives, have you? He's like, he goes, I have actually. This is on the Sunday, by the way, because I'd sort of missed the day. He goes, I have. He goes, the only reason I think I've got them is because somebody hid them. And they obviously didn't come back before I found them, so I've actually got got them here. And I was like, oh right. So he said, so I'll, I'll, you know, I can, you know, save them for you if you want to come and get them later today. So last year I managed to get them because of that, because thankfully somebody obviously tucked them behind, you know, um, a, a, I don't know, a Des O'Connor <laughs> record, hoping no one would see them. And then um, Graham found them. So yeah, so I was lucky last year, but this year I thought, should I give Graham a call? Should I go to the shop? And then we would busy doing stuff and it just passes by and i mm-hmm. i would love to get my hands on them but this is what i'm kind of getting to now is that the problem is if you can't get to a record store if you're you know these sort of things normally go pretty quick because i think they get very limited supply of each mm-hmm. it might even be one of each to each store i can't remember so once they're gone they pop off on ebay for really silly money and it really irritates the hell out of me because i'm just like it, it's as if the wrong people get to, you know, go out and buy them. It's like just blimmin' leave them for the fans to go and get at the price they're supposed to be. Don't, don't just go and buy them and then whack them on eBay for fifty quid each. It, it infuriates me, mate. So I, so I sort of yeah, I would love to get these. I would absolutely love to get them, but I, I want to get them like I did last year from an actual record shop and give them the money. I don't want to go and buy them on eBay for like. Silly squids, do you know what I mean? So I don't know if these will. I don't know if I'll manage to get these in my collection this year. To be fair, but I would like them. I think they both look nice. So I kind of agree with you about the City of Death cover, although I quite like it. But I agree that the two of the Cybermen cover is is
0: beautiful. It's more artistic. Um, yeah I guess. Yeah. It reminds me more of a a Target cover.
1: Yes, it does. It does very yeah. much suit that style. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. So, so just to confirm, with both of these then, because. Probably didn't explain it very well to begin with. They are the soundtracks to the stories, mm. but they have kind of what's called linking narration between each track, I think, so it just sets yeah. so when you're listening to it in your mind, it just gives you a bit of a a bit of a nudge towards what's happening in the story as the music goes along so mm-hmm. but they look quite cool, especially the two one
1: Yes, yeah.
0: yeah. Any listeners that pick them up? Let us know.
1: Is there any Is there any record store near you? Any independent one?
0: Uh, no, I think I have to go. I think the nearest one to me would be Hitchin or St. Albans. Mm. Poss- yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They're few and far between these days, unfortunately. I
1: know. I know. I'll have to give old Graham a ring, see if he's gone, but I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on, another bit of merch that's coming out from our mates at Old Candy Jar Books. Continuing their Leftbridge Stewart range, this is a new Series of books they've got coming out celebrating 50 years of the brig. 50. 50, yeah, the big five-o. Um, so the laughing gnome um uh, is basically um a series of short stories, I believe. Yep. yep. And uh as I said, it celebrates fifty years of the brig. There's a little synopsis which says December 2011 Lethbridge Stewart clan are gathering. So Alistair Lepre-Stewart is not well. In fact, he's dying. Oh, no. no. He's determined to face his end with dignity. He has lived a long life, seen a lot of strange things, saved the world more times than he can count, but he's also made a lot of mistakes. What if he had a chance to revisit some of those mistakes? So that's the little synopsis. That sounds quite cool, doesn't it? It does, actually. Sounds sounds quite interesting. So there's going to be six books in this collection.
0: Yeah, the first Five five are coming out, first of all. That's it yeah. under
1: the under this sort of banner of the laughing yeah. name, isn't it? So the first five, yeah. So this is quite cool. It's nice to see the Leftbridge Stewart range continuing on.
0: Indeed, of
1: course. As, as this, um, so this is out to pre-order now. It'll be out quite soon.
0: Yeah. So I think it's about yeah eight ninety nine, um, which you can pre-order now. I don't know when it drops. I think it's maybe. When will it drop? Doesn't say.
1: No, well, just just while you just while you're looking for that, I guess the other little blurb that sounds quite cool on this is uh, Candy Jar said to celebrate the milestone Candy Jar books is releasing a series of six titles. First five fall under the banner of the Laughing Gnome and follows Alistair Brigadier, Sir Alistair Brigadier and uh, some of his friends through time visiting the 1930s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s and 2010s. <laughs> <laughs> they, these are all followed by a novel that takes the reader right back to the start of the Brigadier's journey and reveals the decisions that changed
0: his life forever.
1: So it does sound pretty cool. It's a cool concept. I like, like the sound of this one. Hmm.
0: Yeah. And it has, a, a, yeah, some of the titles sound quite cool. So, uh, Scary Monsters um, by Simon A. Forward, uh, The Fear of Webb by Alison Leeds. So that's obviously a play on the web of fear. Yeah, that might be an interesting one to check out. Uh, The Danger Men by Nick Walters, Day of the Metador by Robert Mamone, and um, uh, I think that's it, actually, yeah. Five stories, yeah. yeah. So interesting one, this one, because I know that Candy Jar were going to look to wrap up the... the, That's what I thought, yeah. ...the series of... um, of Lethbridge, So I think that might be, in the same way that we think about the main range or the monthly range at Big Finish, maybe they're wrapping up the, the main series of books for Lethbridge-Stewart, but in terms of like spin-off stories or a stories and all that, it doesn't you know doesn't look like it's slowing down at all, which is great. Mm, yeah, that's cool. You know, so I don't know when this is out, it doesn't say, um, but you can pre-order it now if you just head over to the Candy Jar website, or if you go to lethbridge-stewart.co.uk, you can pre-order it there as well and I think I read somewhere somebody had to confirm but there is a you can do a subscription at Candy Jar mm. or at Lethbridge hyphen Stuart.co.uk where every time one of the new novels is released or a side story you get that as part of your subscription and, and I think this is included in that so if you subscribe you'll get it as part of that cool which is cool so I think that's going to do for much. yeah that's it that's it we had no news, obviously.
1: <laughs> Old Chibbers has t- kept that belt nice and
0: tight. i tell you what, mate, I'm really happy about that. Because, yeah. you know, one part of me is like, oh, crikey, when are we going to see something? But the other part of me is like, do you know what, I like this. Because in the run-up to previous series, we've had the lot. You know, we've mm. had interviews, we've had world tours, we've had set photos, we've had the whole lot. And then by the time you get to it, you're like, well, I kind of know everything that's going on here already. <laughs> yeah yeah so this is great that it's all and he's done a great job of keeping it fairly hush hush hasn't
1: he? he he really has mate and i'll be honest with you when he when they said that you know this time last year that you know the chibbers runs a tight ship and you won't be getting any spoilers and i was thinking yeah right he, there's only so much <laughs> you can do but yeah he's doing a great job and i i am loving it actually i mean i I don't mind the old little spoiler but I am actually really enjoying getting nothing and I didn't think I would. I'll be honest with you I thought I might need a little something here and there but we've got a few little tardis picks which is enough it's just enough to keep me going but the Yeah. yeah it's it's actually it's really nice not knowing anything about what's coming up. It's a makes a real change after the last few years actually and it's um Yeah. I didn't realize how much I'd like it until mm-hmm. until it's happened. Does that make sense? Like I am genuinely like I, we know nothing about the new series. I hope they can. I hope they can maintain that
0: yeah, until hope, it ends so.
1: because yeah. it's it must be difficult. But it's very exciting. Like to think that when that hits the screen, everything that we see, you know, could be new to our eyes. Like you know, we haven't seen any sets. You know, like um, twice upon a time, we saw all those filming pictures. I felt like we'd seen the whole thing of them in the trenches. And so when you're watching it, you feel like you've already seen it. Yeah. So I yeah, it's great. I really hope they can. Continued like this because it's uh, it's a really good thing I think. It's awesome. It is. Yeah, Yeah, it's making me so excited for for series Mm
0: eleven. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Always have to have that little. Is it eleven? It's because it's Doctor.
1: It's because it's the thirteenth Doctor. I keep going to say (laughs) series thirteen. Yeah, series eleven. Yeah, it doesn't sound right, but it is.
0: If I remember one of the Capaldi series, it might have been nine. We had. Sort of announcements that went out quite regularly, like this is the the new monsters we've designed. Do you remember the big tank looking green monster things? You know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. From the girl who yeah. died. And
0: know? then we had the big monster, the the really tall monster in the the under siege style story. What was his oh, name? Oh that thing, the Fisher King. Fisher King, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we had what's her face? A shield? No. What was the sh- character? shielder yeah well was that her name she also called herself me me yeah so we had so much info didn't we yeah that was given to us before the series started we had photos and storylines and characters it was all laid out and then when we came to watch it it was like eh, none of this is a surprise really and then obviously the big clangor that they did last series with revealing the master's written Master. it's like come on come on
1: it's it's funny because i know that i assume at some point the bbc will start dishing out like those publicity pictures which i normally quite like so you sort of you know like the ones with the white background of all the characters and then a few sh- you know shots of the sets and stuff mm-hmm. so i'm sure they'll do some sort of big publicity thing leading up to it but yeah it would be nice if they can sort of tone it in a little bit it would be lovely to have more of a surprise i just don't know television doesn't seem to work that way these days but it's um yeah. With Chibbers in charge, who knows? Maybe he's, you know, maybe he's got a say in it. I don't know, but it would be nice if we just got a few little publicity stills, and you know, a lot of it was kept as a mystery. It'd be lovely,
0: yeah. It would be cool. Mm. Anyways, review time. Yes, back to series six. <laughs> back to see. Yeah, back to good old series six. Eh? Series six. Series six. What are we doing this week?
1: So, yeah, uh, so actually we're at the end of, uh, or are we halfway through? I've lost track of series six uh, with A Good Man Goes to War. This is the day he finds out who I am.
0: My friend, you have never risen higher. On this day, in this place, the Doctor will fall. Where is my wife? Child, not a weapon! It will be. Roar!
1: Doctor Who on BBC One and BBC One HD.
0: <laughs> BBC One HD. HD. God. If you How had, exciting. When you had the choice back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which well, I suppose you still do now, I guess. But mm. A Good Man Goes to War. It was first broadcast in June, the day before my birthday in 2011. Oh, what a treat. Fourth of June. <laughs> it was written by The Moth Ball. It was yes. directed by Peter Hoare and it was obviously overseen by um, uh, The Moth, Piers Wenger and Beth Willis, who were the executive producing team at the time. And it was Matt Smith as the Doctor with Amy Rory and River Song. Mm. As well as, they, don't, they didn't know it at the time, but the Paternoster Gang... And some other people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, story uh, thus, um, Amy is preggers. Well, she was preggers previous to this, but now she's dropped, she's dropped the sprog. And there's a, a, very, um, a very nasty lady who is after said sprog um, because it turns out that said sprog is a Time Lord, or shares Time Lord DNA. So they would like to use that as a weapon against the Doctor. And uh, it's down to the Doctor, Rory, and a bunch of other people to come to the rescue, get Amy and the baby out of there. But then, little do they know that they've been tricked. So in a a bit of a twist at the end, Mm -hmm. they find out that the baby is just one of the flesh- things, flesh clone things, and uh, yeah, they don't actually have possession of the baby at all. But then we get a really much bigger twist, which the moth loves still to this day and thinks it's the best thing since sliced bread, <laughs> that River Song is uh, the baby. Yeah, after all that weight. Yeah, after all of that thing, you know, the moth will sit in there with grinning from ear to ear.
1: When did that start? So silence in the library, which what series was that? Oh. It's Donna, isn't it? So it must be series four. So four see. Yeah. two two whole two and a half years later, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Finally we find out who she is.
0: And it's incredibly timey by me as well. Oh, it, God, it, is it? It's not a straightforward Amy and Rory, you know, you're my parents, no. you know, because we have this added Complication that she knows the doctor from his future, so their time streams are not running in parallel. It's like she knows him at the end, if you like, and working backwards. Yeah, like I said, the mothball thinks you know this is like the best thing since since uh, Mondasian Cybermen. <laughs> So we will discuss a bit further. If you haven't, any listeners that haven't seen this one, we're making it sound a little bit complex and it's not too bad, but it does it does sort of, you know, go a bit timey-wimey. But overall, mm. what do you reckon to this one, mate? Oh,
1: well, thank, thank God for the recap at the start. I mean, I, I kept thinking all the way through this, like, maybe, because I, I don't watch series, it's hardly ever. There's very few stories I like in it. So, it, I might have benefited a bit more if I'd have watched series six leading up to this. I don't know. Maybe it was a good sort of midpoint of wrapping up a few ends, but just watching it as a standalone story, I found it very hard to get into. I mean, thank God for the recap at the start, because mm-hmm. if you're coming to this cold, I, I mean, I didn't have a clue what was going on <laughs> really for mo- for most part of this. Um, yeah, I struggled with it. I, I mean, I, I thought, I I thought there were bits of it were quite good. We normally we normally mention Murray's music quite near the end, but I'm going to bring it up now because it's one of the few positives I've got, which mm-hmm. is that I thought Murray's music really held this story together. So It's great in this episode, indeed. The, yep. Especially the the river song reveal at the end. The music's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it wasn't terrible. As I said, I t- <laughs> wasn't. It wasn't unwatchable, but God, it was. Complicated. You had so much stuff going on back and forth, and you had everybody in it as well. You had Cybermen. You had, you know, the Jadun pop up at one point. You even had the old pirate guy from, you know, what's his name? Hugh Bonneville um, popped up in one scene, really Mm. randomly, didn't he? I was like, what? Where the hell did he come from? Then we don't see him again. You got Dorian. You've got. (laughs) You've got the Post-Peter Gang. You've got Santarans. You've got everything thrown in, including the kitchen sink river song. And it, for me, it was a bit much, mate. It was, it's what the moth always does when he gets to a big old finale: is that he throws everything in there. And it was a bit of a jumbled mess, really. Um yeah. yeah. You know, there, there, there's a couple. There is some good stuff going on. Don't get me wrong. I, I thought I thought the episode looked incredibly good. Um, actually it looked like they put some money into it like the effects and and the lighting and, and the way it was shot was was actually quite um quite epic actually mm-hmm. yep. considering it was probably filmed in a warehouse in cardiff it they really made the episode look good i mean the scene at the start where rory delivers the message to the side mm-hmm. all the ships but you know it looked great as an episode but uh content wise i i struggled with it for the most part but it there is worse. It wasn't. It wasn't terrible. It definitely had some merit to it, but um, but yeah, it's just a typical moth. If you haven't watched the rest of the series leading up to this, I just found myself going, "What is going on?" After the time, and I was getting quite frustrated. I was reaching for my phone a lot, <laughs> which right. I'm ashamed to say, but I was. I was so bored at times. Yeah. So yeah, but I'm, I'm being a bit bit unsure about this one. To be honest with you. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yep. What about you, mate? Did you love
0: it? I didn't love it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I did like it.
1: You did like it. All yeah. right.
0: Yeah. Surprisingly as well, because yeah. many of our listeners will know that we shy away from Series 6 quite often. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you, mate, I've not seen this one in donkey's years. Well, nor have I, no. No. I, I'm, yeah, I've not seen it in ages. But, and I, to be honest with you, I'd forgotten a lot of stuff that happens in the story. Mm. Mm. Um, but when I got to the end of it, I thought, well, that was actually really good. Really? Yeah. Okay. I thought, no, I didn't feel like that, but. I thought it was really good. Don't get me wrong. There are some bits in here that, that I felt like, come on, come on, Stephen. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? Just keep it simple. There aren't, because I quite like the reveal for River Song at the end. It's one of the few sort of things around the whole River Song thing that I didn't mind because mm. she's not in it a lot. <laughs> so I quite like that. No. Yeah, um, the reveal, and it was quite touching and. It was all good. Um, but there were times when I thought, in this story, is it a twist too far? Because we had the reveal at the end of, what was this, the, the one before? So the Almost People, the story before. Yeah. At the end of that, we found out that uh, Amy was a flesh duplicate. And Which she is- was actually being held at Demon's Run, the base where this story all takes place. Yeah. So we had a so we had a twist at the end of that story going into this one, and then we had a twist halfway through this story with the um the you know the the is it madame uh, kovarian yeah the, the 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 baddie in this she it makes it loud sound and look like that she's been defeated, and she's doing the off, mm-hmm. but then she just comes back, and then we have the other twist that the, um, the, sorry, the, the, the overall story felt like a bit of a twist because everybody's saying that we, they should all be scared of the Doctor and you know this whole thing, a good man goes to war, which is part of the poem mm. that River Song has. You know, it makes it sound like he's this, although he doesn't want to admit it, it makes it sound like he's this big, fierce, famous warrior, person, soldier. And that doesn't, you know, turns out to be not the case at all. Because <laughs> mm. um, it seems like, you know, it's the, actually the day where he loses quite a lot of things. And yeah. then we have the twist with River Song, the reveal. And then we have the twist with Amy's baby being a flesh duplicate itself. Yeah. So, you know, it does have a few of those going on. And I, at one point, I felt, Stephen, come on, you know, it didn't, it didn't need this many. You didn't need to have your brain taxed that many times in one story, you know. This is the thing, mate.
1: The whole time I'm watching it, the the, the thing that stops my enjoyment really of watching a lot of Stephen's stories is that I find myself having to ask so many questions all the way through it that I lose track of what's going on. Mm -hmm. So the first thing, I couldn't get my head around is So Amy, like you said, was revealed to be this... um, Flesh thing at the end of the previous episode, the almost people, right? Mm-hmm. So she's at some point been switched. So when did that happen? Like when did she get switched and taken to Demons Run? do don't we know. know. Don't know. So so at some point she's been switched. I don't know. Maybe maybe we do know. As I said, I haven't watched Series Six Rages, but so I'm sort of already thinking. So how did that happen? So her subconscious is in has been travelling around with them in this flesh thing for how long? And it just it, already I'm confused. Like, so that thing in the TARDIS hasn't been Amy, but it has been her subconscious, but she's actually at Demon's Run giving birth to a baby and, and the baby's actually not even real, it turns out. That's been taken. When was the baby taken? It's it's just, oh, I don't know, all these questions and it just ruins my enjoyment of just sitting there. Because I like, as I said, I like the style of the episode. And I like these sort of hooded creatures that have had their heads chopped off and, you know, <laughs> all that sort of mystery. And, you know, the stuff with Roar is really good you know, as well as the century. He's he's great in this actually after yeah. He really does bring this episode up for me because he's mm. superb in it. But he's bounding a bound all over back and forth, talking to Riversong one minute, then he's with Amy, then he's somewhere and I'm thinking, well, how's he he's getting around? And and they hold off on the reveal of the doctor for like ages, don't they? He's sort of he's That's a it. shadow mm-hmm. on a wall for about ten minutes, talking to Dorian and and then he finally takes the hood off and you're like, Well I saw that coming a mile off. <laughs> um, you know, he's, he's, managed to get into, it just wasn't, yeah, I was just getting frustrated all the way through really just thinking, oh, for goodness sake, yeah, you know, yeah. what's going on. But like I said, I, I do like the style of it and there was, um, I don't, don't hate it by any means. I probably sound like I do, but I, I thought it was, I thought it was okay, but it's just all these questions that were firing through my mind whilst watching it, were just doing
0: my head in really. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not an uncommon view on this one. It's, it does, uh, it does take you down a bit of a twisty path. You do have to keep up, you know, um, yeah. and it does. Yeah. It's one of those Moffat stories where it asks more questions than it answers anything, because we also have these little flashbacks as well. When the doctor uh, is thinking about um, what's, what's happening with the baby, I think he has a flashback to the impossible astronaut or something like that.
1: Yeah, he you, does. Yeah.
0: You know, and I thought, what's that? You know, I'm I'm lost here. Maybe in the spacesuit, yeah. Yeah, so maybe that was linked. I think that's meant to link into River Song as well. Yeah, but again, I wasn't a 100% sure because I just felt a little bit, you know, lost in the time. That's what I mean by, you know, we didn't need as many things going on Mm. to make it an enjoyable story. It's just the moth, just sometimes he likes to concoct, 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 concoct these big elaborate story arcs and twists and stuff. Yeah, and we say it so many times as well. Whenever we're talking about certain Moffat stories, we're like, the 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 characters and what's happening is all great and stuff, but the overarching sort of story stuff it sort of collapses under its own weight sometimes. Well, yeah, because what is the
1: story in this? Like, what is Madame Caravan trying to do? I know she's trying to steal the baby to make a weapon which doesn't even make sense to me. In what way is she going to make that baby a weapon? So she, that's, is that the whole story that she's trying to get the baby this whole 45 minutes? is all about her. She's already got the baby. So what, you know, I, again, where is the storyline in this? This is what I struggle with with Stephen Moffat's scripts. You know, there's a, what is the story of this? Like what is going on in it? Is it just her trying to steal Amy's baby, which she's already got anyway? and, and the doctor sort of running around trying to find it. I, did, I I couldn't even
0: tell you what this was about, to be honest with you. You know. Well, it's um, yeah. I think that that's the. I think that's the main thing. So, mm. um, madam, madam Kavarian wants to take the baby because she knows that it's got Time Lord DNA, right? And so <laughs> it can be sort of brought up and in a way that you know it can. It can fight the Doctor, essentially, defeat the Doctor. Right, so what's the, what's the beef with the Doctor? No, we don't know at this point. We don't know. Okay. okay. <laughs> so that's the thing, and then the Doctor um, sort of goes around and calls a load of favours in from everybody, yeah. doesn't he? So Dorium and... He's
1: a nurse on a planet at one yeah, point as well, and, very random. And yeah. uh,
0: captain, um, the, the captain from the pirate mermaidy siren story
1: yeah he's but, only in that one bit isn't he? Yeah, where, what happens shame. to him yeah. he just pops up with a gun and then he's gone <laughs> you yeah. never see him again there's also this other girl that seems to know the doctor
0: oh yes yeah. and
1: she dies at the end and he there's quite a touching scene where he clearly doesn't remember who she is but pretends that he does out of politeness you know i like that scene because he's like of course i remember you and he hasn't got a clue he has to when she dies he's like who was that so who who's she? I assume she's popped up at some point because yeah. she was quite good actually. Whoever she was,
0: yeah, I think well, I like um, her. I think her name, her character name, was Lorna. I think right, okay, yeah. So she had one of those. In you know, she, I think she had a very similar thought process to Amy did. That Amy did, where she saw the doctor and interacted a long time ago, but has never right. left her her subconscious, if you like. So she's kind of on this thing, you know, to mm. see him once again because. I think he just alludes to that very generic thing about if you're in the presence of the doctor, you just feel like, oh my god, this person's amazing, and yeah. So I think, yeah, she was sort of not obsessed, but she had this sort of never-ending thought. She was in awe of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that was her her thing. Yeah, she well, was I quite, quite liked good.
1: her. Yeah, that's quite sad when she she dies. Yeah, yeah. Um, what? What did you actually think of the River Song reveal, though? Because I think at the time that was the big thing with this episode. I think we all knew yeah. mm-hmm. that this was going to be the one where we finally found out who she was. And um, I think the way my personal thoughts on it are the way the scene is played is I, I like it. Mm-hmm. I like the actual way it's done because I like the fact the doctor gets his cut out and he's being really coy. And then he says, oh, it's you think it's. She says, have you had kids or something? And he doesn't answer. So that's all very nice. I like all that stuff because it turns out that it was his cot, which is lovely. Mm -hmm. I really like the fact the doctor's got his own cot, Uh, you know, still in the TARDIS, like, you know. So that's all great. And I like the fact that Amy can't read the Gallifrey writing on the side and then she turns over that cloth or leaf, whatever it's meant to be. So that's all good. I really like all that. But Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about River being their baby for me, it wasn't, maybe it's because it wasn't the reveal I was expecting. I can't remember who I thought she was at the time. I think I had loads of theories back in the day, back in, when, when did this go out? 2011. No, I'm, I'm sure, sure I had loads of theories who River was, <laughs> but um, but being their baby wasn't one of them. And I, I don't know, it's, it feels a bit unsatisfying to me. I don't feel like, it It feels a bit of a letdown. It's, it's a quite a good twist, isn't it? I mean, it's quite a good twist. But it's not what I was expecting. It's not kind of what I wanted. But as I said, I can't remember who I wanted her to be at the time. Romana, probably. (laughs) I don't know. But but what do you feel about her being the twist of her actually being their their babies? It's quite a good twist, but it's not. I don't know. Because the whole thing is how does she know the doctor, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So you're hoping that that's sort of going to play into the the final twist of of stuff. But it does, just not in the way you're expecting, I suppose.
0: I don't yeah. know. It just doesn't
1: quite. It's just I don't find it satisfying. It's a good twist, but it's not not what I want wanted. Yeah. But what do you think? Do you like the fact she's
0: their baby? Yeah. I mean, I do think it's quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do. Mm. There could have been worse. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he, the moth didn't do too badly with. It. I don't have a problem with it at all. Actually, the mm. the whole twist of.
1: So I wonder, like yeah. when he when he was writing her back in science the library stuff who did he imagine in her mind she was because he wrote that story with that he he puts that storyline in there immediately doesn't he that she knows the doctor but the doctor doesn't know her, which is a great i absolutely love that in that story such a good idea this thing that she knows who he is he doesn't have a clue who she is but the ponds weren't part of the doctor universe back then so when did he decide you know did he have any idea back then who she was going to be or did he just sort of make it up halfway through Matt Smith's era. I don't know. I just, I'd love to, I want to tap the moth's mind and he's never going to write a writer's tale. He's told us, so we're never going to know, but I just wonder at what point he decided that that was the answer to the question.
0: Yeah. I I think, uh, well, I'm pretty sure that he knew what her character was about back then. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure because uh, I think Russell uh, T Davis is the same where, you know, I don't think he plops characters in lightly without going through like a big Well, not important characters like that anyway. I don't think because if somebody turns up and she's like, I know who the doctor is and, and all that stuff, you know, it's quite an important thing to drop in. So I would I would have imagined that he would have gone through all of that stuff in mm-hmm. his head and he probably thought, you know, in this is a bit of a a drip feed at the minute. We're gonna plant the seed. You know, this is a new character, you know, you know, but we're not gonna give you anything on it just yet. You're gonna have to wait and see about that. So I think, you know, that was a good planting of the seed back in Silence of the Library and, But no, I'm I'm pretty confident that he knew that who she was back then and stuff it was just a, a, a waiting game i would say
1: but if, if he hadn't have been made showrunner imagine his frustration because he's like now i've got these characters that i need to bring in the, the new companions like no we're not doing you're not doing that Stephen. they you know you're only writing one episode this series and how would he have done it if he hadn't become showrunner like you know it wouldn't have had any big impact because we wouldn't really know the ponds and i just don't know R- remind me if we ever see him in interview again <laughs> remind me to ask him yeah, it's I mean, give be a nudge and say, "Oh, to ask him about the
0: yeah." Yeah, I mean
1: it. I mean, know what I mean? Wrong? Like, if yeah. he was because he was sort of thinking at this point, he's not showrunner, is he? So he's got no control over characters that are going to be in the next sort of series. It was only was it two or three years later he took over. Two years. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, he's got no control over that. So to to reveal River Song as the Pond's baby means nothing. Back in 2011. No, it
0: doesn't. And we have to remember all. I mean, I could be wrong. Um, um, because we also have to remember that River, she dies, doesn't she, in the library? Yeah, exactly, she, yeah. She dies. So in, on one hand, you could say, you know, this was a, a, a character that was put in there with a bit of mystery, you know, and, you know, she's going to be killed off anyway, so we don't have any repercussions, and that's mm. that. But I just feel like the, the kind of writer that he is and the sort of story, I just feel like he, he had that locked away to come back to. I just yeah. feel like that was, you know, in his head. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But
1: No, no, I'd, I'd like to think he had some idea, yeah, but I just yeah. don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to, I hope we get another Q&A with him. I'd love to ask him. Although he'd probably fire back some flippant, jokey response in the normal way that he does. And uh, I don't know. But yeah, uh, if anyone out there knows, perhaps someone's already asked him, Do do let me know. I'd love to know how he plotted her
0: character over the years. Yeah, because she is yeah. she is in series five and six quite a bit, isn't she? And it's only up to this story where th- things really take a turn because it's right at the beginning when Rory says to her, "I need you to come with me. The Doctor needs help." Where she mm. refuses, and you think, "Hold on a minute, why would she do that?" But then when she says, "Because today's, or you know, it's the night where he finds out who I am," so in a way, that's a really good sort of sets your expectations for the story because that happens right at the beginning with Rory and River, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, and it's weird, isn't it? Because obviously, like, you know, the the library story is her last story. Yeah. So obviously, trying to make her look younger and all that timey-wimey stuff, like, (laughs) oh, no, you're supposed to look older here because, you know, theoretically, she should have looked quite older
0: in Science
1: of the Library, shouldn't she?
0: Yeah. But um, obviously, she doesn't. (laughs) And she also looks older in The Husbands of River Song. I yeah I know it, exactly
1: Yeah, she looks nothing like she does in science of the library yeah
0: and i I think in that story isn't she meant to be uh, leading she, up to it yeah something like yeah. i don't know i don't know yeah yeah, I think we're yeah splitting hairs a little bit on t v production there, but I think it's one of those things where you have to sort of go with it if you like
1: yeah, it's easier to make you know. someone look older than it is to make them look younger unless Absolutely. you've got a huge budget yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. so the river thing is definitely a. Uh, a bit of a Marmite situation, I would say, yeah. because she, all, she always goes down as not the greatest character in Who. I, I, and some people, I don't think there's any middle ground with, with River because she's such an important character, not in the show, but in relation to the Doctor. Mm. It's one of those things where you can't just sort of dismiss her like you can with Strax or Dorium, You know, you can't just be like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever. Because she's mm. quite a pivotal character. In 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 the doctor's time stream and his relationship with Amy and Rory as well, you know you can't just really dismiss her that easily. But some people are like, I can't stand River Song, you know, just don't like her character at all. What's them off thinking? And other people love River Song, think she's awesome. So mm. where do you sit, mate? I assume you sit at the other end of the.
1: No, I, I weirdly, I'm I'm the I'm the anomaly you just said doesn't exist. I am in the middle because oh, I yeah yeah I am really in the middle because sometimes so it depends what story it is sometimes i like her and sometimes i don't because she is quite cocky you <laughs> know and she's quite mouthy and govy and i don't know the, the reason i say that is because i yeah i'm not one of these people that groans you know like when she comes on the screen we're like oh no it's river song and there are a lot of fans out there that are like that um there are some stories i really like it like you know the, the silence not science and library but the one where she's fighting the silence and she's like don't let my dad see or whatever she's shooting them all i think she's awesome and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um to me it's all down to the way she's written you know like i think a lot of the flirty stuff gets on doctor who doctor who fans nerves right and i kind of get that because when she's being all flirty stuff it can get a bit much so when she's like that i find her a bit annoying but but when she's being awesome and blowing things up and and very much that strong female character i actually quite like river okay so right. yeah i'm a bit torn it depends yeah it depends what story and how the moth's written her for me if, if that makes sense yeah like yeah. i mean i well, that story you just mentioned the christmas one was it called the husband's husband's you know that's one of my least favorite stories ever i absolutely detest that story but but i can't remember if i liked her in it if you <laughs> know what i mean i can't remember how she was written <laughs> right but. yeah um, but I see, seem to remember she was all right in that. I don't know. Yeah, it, it really is down to the Ryan for me with River. I read you. Yeah.
0: yeah, she's all yeah. right. I quite yeah. like River.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not in the hate camp. Definitely not. I'm, more, I'm definitely more in the yeah. like likey.
0: Yeah, and I think it comes down to some other stories as well where we've seen characters. Like I, I really like the character of River, but I just don't like how she's been written in certain stories.
1: Exactly, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, she's great in science and library and stuff. Yeah, and it's
0: a bit like the Rose situation as well. I think yeah. Rose is a great companion. But the way that she was in certain stories, she's just, you know, it just puts me off a little bit for those stories.
1: Absolutely, mate, And yes. in
0: this one, I like her because she's not, she hasn't got that overly flirty forward cockiness about her. She's really reserved because she's handling, obviously, a quite an important situation that's happening at the time Mm. um and she's really confident and comfortable with the doctor as well which is what i like and um i actually like matt smith's reaction as well you know when because he's finding out at the same time as Amy and Rory.
1: Oh, that's lovely. I do love that scene. It's great, I love the way it? the two play play off each other in that. It's yeah. great. Yeah, because he's really like, oh, but we... Yeah. We... <laughs> and then he's like looking at the ponds going, oh no, what have I done? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> quite funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's quite cool. And also when she has to spell it out to him as well, because he's trying yeah. to figure out what... I she... am telling you, she says. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he's such a smart, intelligent person. You know, he's like the guy in the room that's the cleverest and has got the plan. It's one of those moments where he hasn't got a clue what's going on. Even yeah. though the answers are right there in front of him. And she has to, she has to spell that out to him. Because that's really mm. nice. And then when he finds out, yeah, his reaction's cool. So overall, I quite like the reveal. I mm. do feel like some of the other twists weren't needed in the story. Because this is quite a big one. But I do like it.
1: That, that bit where the baby... It's revealed that they've got the baby at the end, and it just turns into that white slime. That's horrible, isn't it? That's really quite heartbreaking. Oh, I think like, yeah, Abi yeah. thinks she's that is a real that that every time I watch that scene, I like really sends a shiver down my spine, and not in a good way. I think that's really it's a really cruel, cruel twist, isn't it? You know, the it fact is, that she thinks yeah. she's got a baby safe and it just turns to to mush in front of her eyes. That's oh, it's a horrible scene.
0: Yeah, yeah, the flesh duplicate.
1: But it's meant to be a horrible scene. I mean, yeah. I mean, in, a, in the way it's intended, it's a really, you know, it's a, it's a kind of jaw-dropping, like, oh, my God, moment that. Oh, yeah, it's meant to, yeah. Because yeah.
0: I, I, uh, I think this story, the, the thing that anchors it down is the, the poem that River Song knows. Because everyone else thinks that, I think the, doc, the Doctor's allies and his enemies in this included all think that the Doctor's there. He's really angry. And you don't make the doctor angry. Um, So I I think the build-up is meant to be, you know, you just don't do that to the doctor. You know, he'll he'll take you down. But then really what's happening is everything's crumbling around the doctor. Mm. So I think the, you know, because Strax supposedly dies and all the Silurians... Do the off. Just, oh, they're yeah, in it as well, aren't they? I forgot
1: yeah. about them. Yeah, they're in there.
0: Oh. Yeah. Um, and Lorna, she dies. Amy's baby's gone. You know, so it all sort of crumbles around, you know, the the doctor and mm. and it all sort of stems from that poem because the last the last bit of the poem is the battle's won, but the child is lost. When a good man goes to war. So I think what it means is the army's gone. But the actual important bit of the mission, you know, is is a is a fail. You know, mm. hashtag fail. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, the more I talk about it, the more I, I really like it some more. I mean, I think mm. the Moff did a great job in this one of of setting up a great story. Yeah. So is this just a, is this
1: just a setup for Let's Kill Hitler? Then, basically.
0: Well, I think Let's Kill Hitler is more of a a, a sort of timey wimey flashbacky, recappy way of getting to the crux of why they want to raise this child to right. kill the doctor because isn't, the in the next one, isn't, isn't it, it, doesn't it show River or Melody Pond as she's known, not as River Song. It's like her regeneration yeah. before that. So I think when she regenerates into River, she then immediately tries to kill the doctor, doesn't she? Yeah. (laughs) So I think that episode is trying to God, yes, it's all coming back to me. Yeah. Yeah. It tries to explain why they've raised her that way. Because when they get to this certain point in the doctor's time stream, that's when which I assume is the regeneration into River Song as we know her. That's when something clicks and she's like, Right, my mission, if you like, I've been (laughs) I've been brought up for this moment where I now need to kill the doctor.
1: I'm sure there's a lot easier ways to kill the dog. It's a bit like it's that it's that James <laughs> Bond thing, isn't it? Of having instead of just shooting him, of having this <laughs> big elaborate, you know, laser beam tying into a chair and telling him for the next ten minutes how I'm gonna kill you. It's it's that thing, isn't it? Of like the big setup where whereas I'm sure there's a lot easier ways to go about it.
0: <laughs> there probably you know? is. Yeah. But
1: it would be a very you know, I know it's we've gotta have a story, I get it. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying. It's a it's a very elaborate. Yeah, yeah way
0: to kill, to kill oh the it is too. yeah but yeah. That's, that's that's the moth for you yeah you know we know that by now mm. so yeah the whole River thing it's a uh, River thing it's you know <laughs> it is it. what it is mm. yeah. a lot of people love River like we said I really like River yeah it's got a big fanbase. Pe- yeah a lot of people don't it's just depend- I'm not, I've not listened to any of her big finish stuff either so I can't really because I assume that that will flesh out a lot more of her character and motives and
1: I've only listened oh, to the cool. one with McGann, the first one, which actually she was quite good. She suits um Big Finish from what I've listened mm. to. Yeah, um, yeah. Does a does Strax die in this? I'm not sure. Because that's weird. That's just come back to me because I remember that because you were just saying about everyone dying, it made me think of it. There's a scene where he's really pleased that he's died in battle, and I'm like,
0: yeah. But but how does he come back? I'm not sure. Honestly, do you know what? It's because we don't watch this series much. I know it's really (laughs) foggy in my mind. But so when does he pop up again? Because he seem he seems to die at the end. Because Rory's yeah. talking to him, isn't he? And He's like, say, I died. Yeah, yeah
1: it's, quite a, it's quite a funny but touching <laughs> scene. I actually quite like that bit.
0: Yeah, because he seems to take his last breath and that's it. And you think, oh my God, Strax is, is dead. But then he comes back with Vastra and um, Jenny as the Paternoster gang. Yeah. In a, in a future story. so is, And that can't have happened before this story. Because they would be that gang now, if that makes sense. So he's definitely, I, I don't know. I can't remember. I'm sure there's a, a, a snippet or something in there somewhere. Well, one of these you styles.
1: make my head hurt. Yeah. Oh,
0: there, yeah. There must be something in either the next I've, episode or somewhere in series six where we show uh, him not, I don't know. But. Well, I'm trying to think when he next pops up. Um, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Deep breath, probably, which is, anyway. Yeah, no, he's in the snowman, isn't he? Because he's Oh yes. He's he's the the driver for the doctor's horse and carriage (laughs) for a while, isn't he? Yes. But I'm trying to remember if he pops up before then to explain (laughs) why he didn't die. Snow. Yeah, I can't remember. No,
1: nor can I. (laughs) No idea.
0: Anyway, he supposedly dies at the end. Along with yeah. um, along with Lorna, which is That's very right. sad.
1: Lovely Lorna, yes,
0: yeah um, so well, actually, before we get on to Shrek and stuff, Lorna, you said you liked her character? I did, yeah Is it just because of her uh, fascination? like her because she does go against protocol a couple of times, doesn't she? She risks her uh, she goes and talks to Rory and Amy about what's going to happen. she sort of gives, spills the beans and stuff. So she's quite she's sort of undercover if you like, not officially, but she doesn't want yeah, to see expect, anything happen to them.
1: Uh perhaps I should Yeah, it's more I actually more perform more it's more the performance than actually the character. I just I just thought Christina Chong was good um in the part and I I was intrigued by who this character was. I kind of wanted it fleshed out a little bit more would have been quite nice but it's just yeah i just like that end scene you know it's just the fact she's just a regular person that's coming contact with the doctor sort of a bit like someone meeting their hero isn't it yeah and then and then you know and the fact he doesn't even remember her but pretends that he does i just thought it was a nice scene and i, I thought she was quite intriguing all the way through because you're not sure is she good is she bad is she trying to help amy You know, or is she actually plotting against her the whole time? So Mm -hmm. I don't know, I just thought it was was an interesting character that
0: could have been explored a bit more. But yeah,
1: I just thought she did a good job in playing the part. She looked, you know, looked good in the
0: part. Yeah, it was a nice little character, actually. And shame that she died. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely,
0: yeah. (laughs) Right, the thing with Strax. Yeah, go on. So, after A Good Man Goes to War was broadcast... There was a webisode, remember they were quite popular back in 6 and 7? Yeah. There was a webisode called The Battle of Demons Run Two Days Later, (laughs) where it showed um, Vastra and Jenny reviving Strax. Right. And he became their butler. In their time stream at the time of the 19th century, you know it was like the Victorian London, Jack yes, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So know. he becomes their butler after being revived a couple of days after that happened at Demon's Run. So, so that, if you didn't see that mini-sode. exactly. If you didn't see that or didn't know about it, you would just see him pop up in. Are, are the we starting
1: mall. to see why viewers trailed off? <laughs> like, are we starting to see why people yeah. gave up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. But that, well that's good. It. Thanks. I'm yeah. good. I, I mean, I'm glad that you found the answer because uh, yeah, it's good to know.
0: It is for <laughs> our OCD especially. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Lorna was cool. Um, what did you think? So there was two guys at the beginning who were quite funny. There we had uh, who was that? Uh, I think they were just referred to as the fat one and the thin one.
1: Oh, those guys! I forgot about them.
0: Yeah, the 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 gay soldiers. Yeah, the married couple. So, um, one of them kind of seemingly meets an untimely death, though, which is a shame. Because it was really funny. <laughs> what happens? to I can't even remember now. So, so what he happens gets to... uh, he gets taken off by the headless monks and has to give a oh yeah a donation yeah of some sort. And obviously that means his head. Yeah, that's like...
1: horrible when we see the reveal of the the hood yeah. taken down. It's just skin but, sort of tied in a knot. That's cool it? though. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is cool, but yeah. yeah. Brutously cool. So oh, that
0: is cool. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, they were. I you know. Completely forgotten about them. Um. Yeah, they were fun. <laughs> they're right at the start, aren't they? Right. You can't the start, even remember yeah. what they're doing. Just soldiers, are they? Yeah. 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 They're were right. Yeah, they're were right. Yeah, all right.
0: <laughs> <They're> all right? <laughs> um. Yeah, they were cool. And then we have, uh, like you said, the very quick cameo from uh, Henry Avery and Oscar. You know his lad, Toby, who um. So oh, yes, I, those yeah. two from,
1: from whatever that
0: story was, yeah. Yeah, so we can only assume that the Doctor went off to call in a favour with those guys as well, like he did the mm. other ones. We just don't see mm. that bit. Um, but they're quite cool. Nice little cameo, I suppose. Yeah, it's
1: good, because they, yeah. they, I assume they got them to film that back in the yeah. same block and just shoved it in there, which is quite cool. I like it when they think ahead and do things like that, yeah. Mm,
0: yes. Mm. Uh, and, okay, so very quickly then, the Paternoster guys. Uh, Vax, Vax? Vax Vastra Jenny and Strax Uh, so like I said they don't know it yet but they actually form quite a bond and a bit bit of a a bit of a rogues team of sort of doctor helpers later Mm. on in 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 the doctor's uh, story uh, time stream so what do you think to these guys because they don't really Mm -hmm. act as a team Yet. Not yet, no. It's the spin-off we never got, isn't it? Yeah. So Vastia and Jenny, they do obviously. We learn about those two being yeah. a couple, obviously, and living yeah. and fighting alongside each other. And Strax just, if you didn't see the webisode, <laughs> you you know you get to realise that he joins <laughs> the gang. But what do you reckon to those three in this story?
1: Yeah, they're all right on that. I was going to say, I think, um, I, I think we know that they their characters get fleshed out quite a lot more you know, in, in future episodes. But I think they are they're, they work quite well in this story, actually. They do have a definite presence on screen. And I, I really like um, Strax in this. As I said, the <laughs> bit where he dies, it's comedic, but it's not over the top. It's yeah. actually quite, it's done really well. Um, and he's he's good at it. Um, but yeah, I think all three of them are good. I think, um, if anything, if I had a minor niggle, I suppose you could say that Jenny, you know, Kat, how do you say it, Catherine Stewart. Yeah. Is that it? Her acting's a little bit, she's like, oh man, we're doing all the voices. It's not, it's not the best, but it's, it's, it's not bad either. So yeah, they're okay. I quite like them. I, like, I do like these three together. I like what we've got coming up from from these guys. I think they work quite mm. well. I don't know if I like them enough to give them a spin-off, which they never got
0: anyway, but, but I like them enough in the story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really surprised that we haven't had any big finish yeah. That's an Oster gang stuff. Yet, yeah, because that, that'd work very well, wouldn't it? It seems to suit Big Finish perfectly, really. It does. Because yes. the 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 gang's already there. You know, you just need to write some cool stories for them. But anyways, yeah, I didn't, I didn't mind him in this one. I thought they were quite cool and I really like Vastra because she's quite... I love Vastra, yeah. Yeah. She doesn't really... Her character's not written to play up to fans, if that makes sense. She yeah. She quite often says things to the Doctor that he doesn't agree with and... Mm. we might not necessarily agree with, but she's very strong in that. She's very much, you know, she's not take charge, but she's quite strong in, she's, there's no gray area with her. It's like, this is the situation, you know? Mm. You know, so I I like that about her character and she does work when we finally get to see all three of them later on, you know, in the the snowmen and further episodes. They do work fairly well together. Yeah. It's quite cool. Mm. Um, But yeah, they were, Doing the job, I would say.
1: Yeah, they fit into the story nicely because mm-hmm. I said there is a lot thrown in, and there's a lot going on. But they they do fit in quite well, I yeah. think. Mm.
0: And we mentioned we've mentioned the monks a few times, but so they they're used in the story, aren't they? As a way of because um, it because I didn't really understand what was happening at first when mm. when I saw so when I saw the soldiers walking around and interacting. Alongside the monks, and you just hear these little radio or um, uh, little announcements over the tannoys, don't you, of like, please do not, you know, interact with the monks and so on. They won't harm you, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I was I was a bit weirded out at first. I was like, so why, you know, why? Firstly, why are the monks allowing this, you know, this army to sort of make a base here and take over? And who, you know what's their What's going on? But then this leads us into another webisode. Oh. <laughs> that, you know, people should have... Well, not a webisode. I think it was put on the net, but it was something that, um, uh, that the Bee put out as like a little mini prequel to it. And it was basically Dorian having a chat with the Headless Monks. And it's basically him saying that he knows what the monks are up to. He knows what they're trying to do. But he's saying that, you know, because he basically, he, Dorian's one of these people, like he's he's a bit like Jabba the Hutt in Star Wars, isn't he? He's like, <laughs> he hears everything that's going on within the galaxy. He knows all the rumours. Is it gossip? Yeah, he knows everything that's going on. And he basically yeah. says to him, look, I've heard what's going on. I know what you're up to. And I'm just telling you now, I don't know how much you've heard about the Doctor, but, you know, God help us if you make him angry, you know, so mm. you kind of have to watch that. So the monks are, um, so the, the monks have got some kind of, they're after some sort of security protocol, which they can only get from a certain alien, which in this case is the Jadun. Um, and so Dorian has got this protocol out of the Jadun to give to the monks. So that's kind of leads into the story, I guess. So the monks are after something and then it's yeah. not until you start watching through because the monks at the, at the beginning of the story are just sort of side by side and are not really doing anything, but they've obviously got this big mystery around them. Why are they headless? Why are they there? Hmm. Are they in cahoots with the, um, with the army and Madame Kavarian or are they got their own agenda? That's what I thought as I was watching through it. I was like, are they just going to flip out at any point? And... Yeah, you're sort of waiting for it, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Um, um, but then the thing that really confused me is why the, the, the captain, the army captain, f- did the big hoodless, the headless reveal to all the soldiers. Yeah. yeah. I didn't quite get why that was needed in the story. No, I didn't get that at all. Because it kind of, it felt like it was shoehorned in a little bit Mm. to show us what the monks would look like without the hoods up. Exactly. Because he gives the big speech, doesn't he, about the doctor won't defeat us on this day. This is the day the doctor falls and all that stuff. Mm. And then literally in a split second, he's like, so anyway, under these hoods, (laughs) I guess you're all waiting, you know, and everyone gets scared and stuff and it, I don't. I can't seem to figure out. So we've gone from the prequel where they seem to have an agenda, where they've gone to Dorian to say we need these security keys or whatever, mm-hmm. and Dorian's like, "Yeah, okay, cool," but just to warn you, you know, I've heard you're doing this as a scheme to trap the Doctor. I'm just warning you that, you know, it's not a wise idea. So them happy to have their hoods taken off to the soldiers. But for what purpose, though? I can't understand why that was done.
1: No, me either. I mean, it just kind of leads up to the reveal of the Doctor being
0: Underwoman. in one yeah. of the,
1: the... Which is so obvious, isn't it? I mean, you can oh, see yeah. that coming 10 minutes into the... You know, it's, it's Yeah, it's a plot point, I guess. But yeah, uh, yeah it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, can we speak about Dorian actually quickly? Because uh, Simon Fisher-Becker, um, he, he plays a good little role in this, I think. I, I like this character um he loses his head as well doesn't he
0: yes yeah
1: uh, so but he ends up just a head in a box um but i think he's quite good in it uh actually i like him as this sort of galactic gossip that's just going around and seems to know everybody um i thought he was really good he brings some nice humor into it as well doesn't he like when the doctor comes to get him he's He's really annoyed, isn't he? He's like, no, 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 you don't need me. Yeah, and all that. So that, yeah. I liked that. I thought that was really good. So I like him in it. I think he's he brings some some good, well-needed humor and and stuff to the episode. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And he looks good as well. well. I mean, all that blue paint. I kept thinking, God, it must have. Been, how is that paint not running off his face? He, you know, he must still <laughs> be blue to this day. The amount of makeup they must have put on him to to you know to make him look like that. Um, but, yeah, I thought he was, it was really good in it. I feel sorry for him when he loses his head. Because <laughs> he didn't want to be there, did he? He's like, oh, no.
0: Exactly, yeah. And he
1: kind of gets dragged into it. Yeah.
0: yeah. But um, he's good. Yeah, he is quite good, actually. Because he, he provides the, um, the sense of... Uh, not I don't know what the right word to use here. He provides the sense of oncoming storm. I think that's appropriate mm-hmm. to, to label for, for the Doctor because everyone seems to discount the Doctor's ability to sort the situation out. Yeah. And we really get a taste of it right at the beginning and it's such a great scene that you mentioned earlier where we, we're we we're on board one of the Cybermen ships in a Cybermen fleet and Rory just bursts in and, you know, he's really up for it. You know, he's like... Yeah, he is, Yeah, yeah. And then in the background, out the window, don't we, we see all the other Cybermen ships just being blown to bits. Yeah. Rory's like, do you want me to repeat the question? So <laughs> we, we, get a, we get to see that, don't we, how effective the Doctor can be. Mm. And right, how ruthless. Yeah, because right on time, right as Rory says it, the explosions start. It's like, mm. yeah, he's got it down to a T. So nobody else seems to get that, though. So all of the army and stuff. you know, Although they're on yellow alert, supposedly. They don't really know you know, what the Doctor's capable of. So it's down to mm. him to provide the, the the scary ghost stories around the campfire about the Doctor, I think is what they were trying to do with him. Mm. You know, he's the one, because I think when they go to see him fairly early on, he says, you know, a big blue box will be appearing outside their doors, you know, any moment now. Yeah. He knows how the Doctor operates, because he doesn't know he's going to get chosen at that point, does he? Mm. No, that's right. And he's really, that's when he's having a chat with Madame Kavarian, isn't it? And he's warning her, he's mm. like, look, I'm telling you, don't don't, don't go down do this it. road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so he's quite yeah. an
1: important little character, isn't he? Really, very, he's, he's, very, he's very. Yeah, he does. And again, he's one of the. When we come to give our score, he does bring the episode up for me in terms yes. of my enjoyment of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's, he's a good character, and uh, yeah. uh, Simon Fisher Becker. He plays a really good job of that kind of <laughs> sort of heartless, sort of hoarder, smuggler, gossiper sort of thing. Yeah, but then really sort of craps his pants when the TARDIS turns up. He's like, "No, not me." I love that yeah.
1: bit. Not you don't need me. Yeah. Oh God, no. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he knows, he
0: knows he can't say no. Yeah, there's no way out of it for him. He has to do it. He craps his pants. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, let's just finish on the TARDIS team. I guess we call them then. Uh, so Amy and Rory. I thought they had brilliant. I thought Karen and Arthur gave just brilliant performances in this one.
1: Yes, I agree. Especially Arthur Darville. Yeah, I thought he was yeah. absolutely on fire. In fact, in many ways, he steals, you know, the thunder from Matt, which is not easy to do. Mm-hmm. But I thought he was awesome in this episode. Really, you know, his acting's brilliant. Really good. He really yeah. means business. He's he's taken the character up a notch. Mm-hmm. You know, um he's, he's sort of you can tell that he's looked at the script and thought, right, you know, so how would I react if someone took my baby and my wife? And he's really sort of on fire. Um, and his performance is brilliant. Yeah. And and also the same with Karen. She's, she's really good, you know, in, in the scene, she's got as heartbreaking as I say, when she, you know, has the baby taken away from her mm-hmm. and stuff. So yeah, both of them really on fire. That scene when he comes in with the baby as well and they're finally reunited. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: beautiful. That's a great
1: scene. Yeah. They're, they're really good in that because he's like, um, again, it's a, a nicely written scene by the moth actually, you know, i give him his due, you know, he's, it's sentimental, but also funny because we're like, oh God, no, I want to be all cool coming in with a baby and I'm crying and all that. And she's like, oh, you are cool. You're dressed as a centurion. It's a lovely scene that yeah. is. that's a really nice bit of writing by them off. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah, I think their, their performances, are, and I, I agree with you. I think Arthur's um, really, he's really sort of going for it in the right mm-hmm. way. Uh, the scene we mentioned at the beginning, he's really confident and no messing around, you know, and like you said, how would you react if your baby was stolen or if your wife and mm-hmm. ba- you know. But then he, he he reverts back to good old, you know, soppy Rory. That scene you mentioned where he comes in with, with the baby and mm-hmm. and he's crying. He's like, I want him to be cool. I want him to be cool. And yeah, Amy just, yeah. But I think the moth wrote this really as a bit of a... Um, a another example of sometimes... You know, it's not all about the Doctor. Because there's a bit where Amy's talking to Melody. And obviously she can't understand her, but Amy's just sort of, she's got this monologue going on when she's talking mm. about this man, you know, and she's like, he's hundreds of years old. And everyone thinks at the thought of the time that she was talking oh, about talk the about Doctor. Yeah. 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 But then she ends up, she was actually talking about Rory. Yeah, it's So nice. that's lovely, yeah. yeah. So it's really, it's sometimes, you know, especially with those two, it wasn't always like that at the beginning because she was all over the doctor, you know, at certain oh, I points. hated but all that stuff. Yeah. It got, it gets to a point where they are actually a f- solid unit, Amy and Rory.
1: Yeah. And I think that's why I like it. Cause I, it really, yeah, that stuff, how she treats Rory in the, those sort of earlier stories get, I don't like that because I really like the character of Rory and I don't think mm. he, she's very nice to him sometimes. But by this point we do see that they, you know, how close they are. Like when, the Doctor and Rory come in. It is Rory that she's,
0: yeah.
1: you know, looking mm-hmm. at and, and really into, and it's not the Doctor. You know, she she's now respects the Doctor for what he does, but there's none of that sort of love interest stuff that we had in mm-hmm. Series 5. So, I, I, again, I really like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and just their performances in general just... Really, really good. Really, really good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, um, Arthur Dalval's good at the humour as well, isn't he? Like when he's saying, I think that's enough of the hugging now. He yeah. can go from being re- really sort of kick-ass to, yeah. to, to a, a, you know, a really funny line like that and stuff. He's great at doing that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. And yeah. there's no hesitation with him as well. The bit where yeah. the headless monks have come back in. Um, and the army's, the, the army's been sort of taken off of demons run by the Silurians. So it's just them left. But then the lights go out, the headless monks are coming back. Him, Amy, and the baby go off somewhere. And um, I think Vastra yells, like, Centurion, you're needed or something. Mm-hmm. And there's no hesitation, because normally he's, a, he's been written as a bit of a wimp before that. He's very sort of, oh, you know, dangerous, you know. But yeah. in this case, he's just like, no, he kisses Amy, stands up and he's off. Yeah. You know, ready to do a business. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good one, Moth, mm-hmm. for the writing for those ones. And Matt Smith then,
1: yeah. This this episode asks quite a lot of Matt, doesn't it? I mean, they really. I mean, they hold off on you know the doctor being in it for a good sort of ten minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit of a build up to his entrance, which I think is is sadly let down by the fact it's just him <laughs> under the hood because we all knew that. But but uh, but it asks the script sort of requires Matt to do his. It's as if he's reached an all-time low and he's just going to do anything he needs to 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 get the baby back. So we're kind of heading down a bit of the Doctor Victorious, I felt, of the Doctor, not losing the plot, but he's reached that point of anger where he's just like, I'm not taking any nonsense now, sort of thing. Mm. So I thought we were going down that road a little bit, a bit like in Waters of Mars, where he's just, I've got to just, whatever. You know, I don't care if I have to blow up a whole fleet of spaceships, whatever he's, you know, is So it's good to see the doctor being written a a bit darker for Matt. Um, I think he does it quite well as well. Um, you know, there's a bit where he's really sort of, I wouldn't say depressed, but he's sort of looking (laughs) around him and just seeing all the destruction and the, you know, the people who have died and it's all in his name, isn't it? Yes. So, you know, the script asks quite a lot from Matt's performance. And I think on the whole, he does a really good job. Um, it's just it's just that end bit is 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 kind of throws it all out the window because he's talking to um Lorna the girl who dies and there's all that sadness and he's looking around him and then there's the river song reveal and then just like that he's back to Matt Swift I'm funny I'm waving hands to pulling silly faces don't worry I'm off to sort it out see you guys later and it's all like you know and I'm thinking <laughs> That's all well and good, and, he, and there's nothing wrong with Matt's performance in that, but it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's sort of, they take him to such a dark place, and they bring him out so quickly. Right. Um, I don't know that, you know, I think perhaps we needed a bit more of a progression there. Do you know what I mean? I felt like we were really going somewhere with his Doctor
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the, in his character, like, as I said, with the Tenth Doctor with the Waters of Bars. You know, it took the, took the Doctor's character to another place, if you know what I mean. And I felt like we were going there with Matt's Doctor here, but it doesn't quite happen. Um, kind right, of all it does, right. but then it's back to, you know, waving hands, Doctor, again, and everything's going to be all right. So, yeah, but I, I think he's very good in it anyway. I do think he's really good in it. Yes. You know, it's good to see him losing it a bit. I think, you know, when it when the script requires Matt to get angry, <laughs> I think he's quite good. But you could sort of feel that he had to really build up to it, I think.
0: I read, you.
1: You know, it's not, yeah. I don't think he's as natural... To, to that side as, as David Tennant was when he has to turn vicious because there's something about the way Tennant can do a look. <laughs> do you know what right. I mean? I read you. Yeah. you yeah. When, like, when he loses it, you can just see it in his face. With with Matt, he has to be a bit more shouty and he's like, yes, I'm losing the plot now. He kind of has to spell it out a little bit more, I think. But
0: yeah, yeah. But I think he does a, a decent enough job, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I, th- I think he's great in this and it does call for him to bring out a a decent range as well so Mm. he's got the quietly confident um doctor that we see when he's talking to madame kavarian for most of the time Mm. he's got the funny funny thing going on as well with the shaky hands and stuff that we love matt smith for
1: yeah i love the stuff with riversong all that that's very
0: Mm. cool but we've also got this little side Mm. to him as well that you mentioned where he goes a bit angry and it's the Mm. scene that I really like is when the, the army general or captain is in the, in a room with the doctor. And not only is the doctor, you know, but not only is the army been defeated by the doctor and his pals at that point in the story, but he really wants to rub the colonel's face in it as well
1: oh yeah i forgot about that yeah yeah, where he's like calling him what's he calling him small
0: colonel runaway colonel runaway yes he's like i want you to tell your men to run away nothing else and then Mm. i want them to know you as colonel runaway sort of thing yeah So he's really being quite vicious yeah to him which is cool but then like you said he really has to work those scenes up you can't Mm. just do a like you said tenant Seems to can, come quite natural. <laughs> yeah, he seems to have a bit of a badass streak within him. And yeah. Matt Smith does have that, but I think, yeah, he does need to be a bit more, needs to really shout it up a bit. And...
1: That's, that's why I would love to see Matt Smith play the Doctor now with a few more years on him. Okay. I think, because yep. he was so young, wasn't he, still, mm-hmm. when he filmed these. Um, he was a young chap, and he's got a few more years experience and acting experience since. He'll, I, he'll I, reckon he w- I reckon he would rock this part. Now, I mean he rocked it then I think he's a great Doctor but I think I think he'd be awesome if he was to be cast now I think he'd be absolutely
0: amazing yeah he'll be back yeah. like yeah, the 75th back. anniversary or whatever it, <laughs> whatever it is
1: yeah
0: whenever they do another multi-doctor anniversary yeah. so he'll be back yeah uh, but yes overall oh well, we mentioned um, Murray Gold at the beginning didn't we some brilliant music in this
1: great music from Murray in this yeah. really really good score yeah yep.
0: yeah uh, anything else you want to mention before we get on to scores no,
1: not really. We we didn't talk much about Madame Coravan, oh, but she's Kavarian, kind of just in yeah.
0: the back of Sorry, she's just in
1: the background, really, isn't she? So uh, I guess we'll see more of her later on. She pops up later, doesn't she? But yeah,
0: sorry. I thought said, she was okay.
1: Yeah. yeah, she's all right. Frances
0: she's, Barber. Yeah,
1: Francis Barber. Yeah, she does go. She's got a she's got a good menace to her. Yeah, I was going to uh, say she's,
0: she's really sinister. Yeah, she's yeah. sinister. Yeah, yeah.
1: So she was quite good in it.
0: Yes. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was going to say something about her earlier. Oh, I forgot. I can't believe we didn't bring her up really, but, um, was
1: it about her popping up in the wall and, Oh, hang on. Is that when she takes Amy? No, no, no. Takes the boat, That's yeah. That's it. That's it. That's, um, the reality bleeding through, or something, isn't it? Yeah, when yeah, that scene where she pops up.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but she's not in it a great deal, and she's um, she's obviously got a master plan that she's executing at the minute because she does, mm-hmm. she does actually get one over on the doctor, doesn't she? A couple of times she does. Yeah, yeah. So she seems to know what she's doing, but yeah, I really like her sort of sinister, menacing feel that she's got.
1: Oh, I've just seen yeah. the other the only other little note I made was about those blimming TARDIS walls being redressed again. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the whole episode looks so good. Like it does look like they put a decent amount of money into it with the effects and the lighting and everything. It does it is a very nice looking mm-hmm. production. But those blimmin' hexagon TARDIS <laughs> walls that they keep repainting and they shove a bit of tube on to try and make them look different and I'm like, no. I uh, know. Just yeah. they maybe if they took the Circles off, <laughs> maybe <laughs> you know, maybe just make him look less tardy. But yeah, I noticed they popped up again. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I haven't got any other notes, mate.
0: Okay, so I think it's your turn to go first, mate.
1: Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm struggling with this. I thought you would be. I am. I am. Um, I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. That's what I wrote down, uh, which might surprise you because it might seem quite high after all stuff I said. It's, yeah, because I think the production's good, and I think um, Arthur's fantastic in it, Arthur Darville, um, and it has got some really good bits in it. And Mm. as I said, maybe in the overall arc of Series 6, it works a lot better. As a standalone episode, though, I did struggle with it. But, yeah, it's not terrible. Um, I just found it a bit hard going, but, yeah, 6. I'll go for a 6. It's decent
0: enough in its own way. Well, I'm going to go higher than you, mate. Mm. I'm going to go for a 7.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, well, I would think, I would thought you would. I mean, I was sort of between a 5.5 and around there, but it's not, yeah, it's not bad. No, I
0: I enjoyed it after not seeing it for so long and then giving it another watch. It, It does, I must admit, it does sort of buckle a little bit under its own weight at times. Yeah. But it's a very good watch and it moves along at a Really good pace as well. It's, it does.
1: I was going to say, it yeah. does move along. I know I said I was reaching for my phone, but that was more out of frustration.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of yeah.
1: like some of the back and forth stuff, but it does move along, yeah. Mm.
0: That's good. Cool. Uh, so a six and a seven. Yes, yeah, so what did our awesome listeners think over on Twitter? The poll oh, yeah. spoke volumes as usual. So 74% said likey. Oh, that's good. And a quarter of you said stinky, 26%. Okay. So hmm. Hmm, not too bad, that one. Now, over, we, we did have a few comments over on Twitter as well. Uh, so Andrew Cuthbert Jr. said, After watching it again for the first time in years, it's still the same long, arduous journey of drawn-out speeches, shoehorned characters and convenient plot twists. It encapsulates everything wrong with Series 6. And oh. it goes halfway down at a 5 out of 10. Okay, yeah. Oh, dear. Deary me. <laughs> uh, Rotide says, honestly, one of my favourite Smith episodes ever. Really? Gives more depth, uh, and the uh, it gives more depth uh the, the wacky and bouncy Doctor we have all come to love by giving a more human side. Uh, the plot was brilliant, although I didn't really feel that connection between Amy and Melody as a baby. She didn't show a lot of emotion when it came to her baby being taken away in the first part, although I think she makes up for it later when she finds out that Melody was just a flesh. Uh, I love the over-the-top introduction to the episode. It really pulled me in. Uh, a nine out of ten. Nine out of ten, okay. Silent Nerd, scene 137, says, One of the best 11th Doctor stories. It's a shame John Barrowman was, mm. was filming Miracle Day, otherwise he would have been part of it.
1: Oh, we can't have anyone else in it. It's got everything. <laughs> it's got the kitchen sink in it.
0: He uh, says, I adore the Colonel Runaway scene and the pre-title scene. Maybe the best. I like how River gets her name because of a translation.
1: Yes. 9.5. Yes, I'd forgotten about that. I like that little twist as well.
0: Uh, Callum Reed says, uh, A good man goes towards a bit of a weird one. Mm. It has so much of a build-up throughout the first half of Series 6, but then just leads to an episode of mostly characters talking. Uh, Speaking of characters, (laughs) it felt to me like there are a load in this episode, as if it was written, we'd seen them countless times before. Um, In this case, Lorna Bucket's, The story treated her as if she was an old companion that we'd loved for years. Um, And when she died, we were supposed to feel devastated. Uh, He says, sure, it was sad, but it wasn't an emotionally impactful as they wanted it to feel. It was just strange. Mm. Okay. Uh, Then he goes on to say, the cliffhanger uh, is just iconic. However, it's a shame that that wasn't followed up. Um, Sorry, he said the cliffhanger was iconic. However, it's a shame that was followed. It was just also iconic for the wrong reasons. Series six, part one, ended with the viewer having the expectation that part two would be incredible, but when it did come along, it was let's kill Hitler. Oh, I see. Right. Right. The big iconic ending was let down by the next part. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Callum gave it a seven out of 10. Right. Uh, Connor McHale says, a decent story. I love the Paternoster gang, even if... Uh, they weren't really a gang yet. felt a bit slow in parts, but I think the river reveal is really good. Seven out of 10. Mm. Um, and lastly, Sarah Louise Baggett, the running Hoovian, says, really not sure why I haven't revisited this one sooner. It's a great story. I love seeing all the doctor's friends rally together for him and particularly enjoyed the moments of suspense and seeing the pennies drop when the realisation dawned that Melody Pond was River Song. Which gives it a nine out of 10 nine okay cheers Sarah. over on facebook lou gallagher says perhaps one of the last consistently solid Moffitt scripts in the smith era before he kind of went off the rails in the second half <laughs> but let's talk, talk about that um do you know what lou i think you've hit the nail on the head there mate because mm. that's the feeling that i get as well because although this story does have its timey-wimey moments and it does feel a bit heavy it's nothing compared to what the Moff brings to the table Further on in Matt Smith's era, is it? There's
1: a there's a certain story, and I don't know what I can't even think what it's called. Which, when we get to it, is gonna. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it must be after. I'm I'm looking at the list to see. I can't think what it's called, but I'm dreading
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, Lou carries on and says, "I think it's one of the few to nail the epic stakes and high scale action within such a short amount of time." Uh, but whilst it is over. Uh, the top at points, the action is more driven by the emotions of the characters. Uh, it goes on to say, um, all the leads are on fire, especially Matt and Arthur. I like eleven scene with the colonel where it almost snaps. Uh, mm. Rory really started becoming one of my favourite characters by this time. Uh, the opening with the Cybermen is, is an easy example as to why. Uh, the river reveal was meh, even more so in retrospect, I think, as aside from the odd token moment, her being Amy Rory's daughter really didn't affect the dynamic between them in the future. Hmm. Mm. Uh, says the rest of series six not a massive fan of um kind of taints this one a bit for me knowing what's to come but on its own it holds up well eight out of ten cool okay kind of agree with you pretty much on everything there lou
1: yeah
0: martin arnold despite all the usual moffat nursery rhymes and silliness which never resolves (laughs) properly i rather like season six Uh, it has a lot going for it and the basic ideas are pretty good The River Song Reveal is decent enough, even though she's always been kind of annoying. Uh, Anyway, Space Vickers versus Samurai, Siluria, a sword-wielding cockney and a Santara nurse is never a hard sell. Uh, Russ Hilton, like most of it, not of all... Hold on. Like most, if not all, of Moth's drivel... This had huge potential, but was poorly let down by bad direction and over-complex storylines. Oh. The cast did their best of what they were given, but, that couldn't make, but they couldn't make a silk purse out of a Sal's ear. <laughs> Three out of ten, oh, dear. and he's being generous.
1: Oh, dearie, babe.
0: Maria Kalitichu says, was dreading watching this arc-heavy episode again, as I find most of the characters are paper-thin. Just there mm. to serve the plot rather than interesting in their own rights. The mm. leads, including Matt, are given it loads, but that doesn't captivate me until about halfway through. Five out of ten. Five, okay. Fair Miles enough. McKenzie, a mixed bag with this one. Great story with dark themes, but there's something about it which I find meh. The cast mm. were great in it, and Matt giving one of his best performances. I think when you put this in an episode with the rest of Series 6, its arc is what puts me off. This shouldn't have been the finale of for series six with series seven starting with the doctor returning overall seven out of 10. It's likely, but there's something about it, which part of it, which puts me off and I can't put my finger on it. I'll see what you mean, miles. Yeah. 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 I get you. Andrew Boland says for me, the tipping point where modern who jumped the shark for one of the worst episodes of all time. <laughs>
1: No, we're going
0: that far, but yeah. Yeah, Andrew, crikey. Lewis Blackmore, (laughs) bit of a mixed bag again, but I must say it's one of the better episodes for Series 6, 7 out of 10. Mm. And lastly, George Puddy says, uh, This is a story I generally forget about in Series 6, as I forget the whole river being Amy's baby semi-arc. I tend to think more of the Doctor's death as the primary arc in the series. Mm. Uh, this episode is brilliant, though, with a great scale and a creepy threat in The Headless Monks. Uh, great twists with some new characters that aren't actually that bad. Matt Smith gives a brilliant performance, um, showing his comedic doctor, but is such a dark one when the moment calls for it. Overall, it's a brilliant mid season finale. Shame about the mid season opener. Cough, cough. Let's kill Hitler. Uh, it gives it an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10, all right, yeah. So decent scores there. Do we have anything over on the Geeks handbag?
1: Yeah, I had a couple, uh, quite mixed as well. So Charlie Turner says, This episode is my favourite of Series 6, hands down, he says. The opening scene with Rory and Sidemen is awesome. River's reveal was handled brilliantly. The only downside is that I don't like how River turned out to be Amy and Rory's daughter, but it kind of makes sense, I guess, he says. 9.5 out of 10. Mm, That's quite high. Uh, Paul Valenio, Valano. Oh, hello, Paul. (laughs) He says, uh, frankly, everything around that series runs together in my head. Is this the one where Amy pushes Madam K's eye device into her eye socket? No, it's not, Paul. No, but I I get what you mean. I I can never remember what this is about. He says, uh, it's um, chilling that bit but he's thinking of the wrong episode we'll get to that one paul thomas brombach says uh, i initially liked it and honestly i still find it amazing what ruined it for me is how much they messed with amy for the rest of her run yeah i was thinking about that about how they amy rory are splitting up by series seven which is all a bit thing jason howell says uh, i don't think my feelings on this dire piece of trash would be printable or able to be broadcast (laughs) Not a fan, wow. Luke East. this one's a goodie, some very suspenseful bits, easily an eight out of ten. he says, and finally, Dooley Johnson says, "I think I'm one of the only people who doesn't enjoy this episode well i don't know. Uh, I found that the twist at the end are a little too over the top and weird for my liking. The episode would." S- stand a lot better on its own if the following episode wasn't complete garbage let's kill Hitler in brackets <laughs> and ruin the best parts of this episode on its own it's a mediocre episode and he's going to give it 5 out of 10 however due to let's kill Hitler this one scores a 3 out of 10 so uh oh. duly bringing this episode down oh dear due to the um, conclusion of the next sort of following story yeah I'm just going to have a quick look. How long did we have to wait for Let's Kill Hitler? Um, So Goodman went to war. It was a few months, wasn't it? It was. I will have a very quick look. Yes. Uh, So this was uh, June 2011. Let's Kill Hitler was August. Was it? It was about three months. So, So it was a couple of months. It wasn't a lot then.
0: Yeah, so beginning of June to the end of August. So it was about six months, or it was about like a year later or something. Yeah, it was three months. But I'll tell you what, though, at the time, it did feel like it, it was a yeah. long time. Because at the beginning of June, when we found out that it wasn't back until the end of August, it did feel like that was going to be a long time. But in reality, it wasn't.
1: Yeah, gosh, yeah. I thought it was ages. Yeah. yeah.
0: There you go, then. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, then. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, as always, for your mini-reviews and thoughts on all of that. I would say overall, people didn't. People qu- quite like this one, but there are a few, are a few non-fans. I find it f- a bit forgettable.
1: Like I, I still, right. even now, I only watched it yesterday, and I can't really remember much of what <laughs> happened in it. But anyway, yeah, not a bad watch though. Not a bad watch. Yeah. Next week. Yee, back to Sarah Jane next week, isn't it?
0: Yeah. What is it next week, Lindy?
1: So revenge of the uh, revenge of the Slavine. Uh-huh. <laughs> next week. So that's the second episode in the sarah jane adventures so that would be good
0: yeah that'd be awesome to that yeah i so haven't seen it before i don't think i've not seen this one either Nope. no don't think i have anyway yeah. and it's um it's two parts remember so you've got part one and two
1: That's it. yeah
0: that make up revenge of the slitheen and uh like i mentioned and i still can't remember who told me on twitter or on facebook um but all of the sarah jane adventures are on bbc iplayer if you're in the uk so if you don't have the DVDs or whatever, just jump on iPlayer and you can watch them on there. And I think we'll do there for 185. All righty. Thank you so much, Who fans, for sticking with us for 185. It's been cool talking through a couple of pieces of merch, some cool Lethbridge Stewart still on the way from Candy Jar, which is good. I'll tell you what, mate, great celebration of the brick as a character.
1: Yeah, definitely, mate, definitely.
0: Because I don't have to, uh, they don't have to spend all of this time writing stories for a character from Who.
1: Mm, he's such a good character though
0: I to say he's brilliant so uh, yeah. why not next week the Sarah Jane Adventures Revenge of the Slitheen make sure you get that watched because we'll be asking um, we'll be asking for your thoughts and reviews on all that stuff to go through next week for 186 in the meantime head over to the website uk. you can listen to all of our previous episodes on there Plus, you can link off to all of the usual social accounts. Give us a like and a follow because we chat who on those things in between the Fridays. Mm. There's also buttons on there to go off to iTunes and other podcast networks to give us a sub on there. So every time the show launches on a Friday, you don't miss it. Be in your app. Big red button. Big red button, yeah. (laughs) And if you are an iTunes uh, listener or subscriber, if you could give us a a rating and a review that'd be awesome if you've got a minute because it really helps us also check out Adam's channel The Geek's Handbag Geek's Handbag go and have a gander at the Geek's Handbag go on get over there go
1: on (laughs) got some new vids coming your way in fact one might even be out by the time you listen to this so yeah go and have a look
0: awesome source yeah Yeah. give Adam a subscribe over there loads of really cool videos not just Doctor Who loads of cool geek stuff over there yeah unboxings, reviews on-the-spot reviews, location, just a whole lot. Just go and check it out.
1: You're, you're going to love the first one, but I think you're going to hate the second one. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: go and check you'll it out. You'll see. Yes. You'll see. We'll see. Uh,
1: I'm yeah. talking to Gary, by the way, not you, not you, listeners. You'll love them all. <laughs> oh, you'll love everyone. Right. I know yeah. Gary's going to hate what I unbox in a, in a week or so. Oh, dear. He'll be like, oh, God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rightio. We'll see you next week for 186. Until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... And you're my love